0: What?
1: We're back after the international break, and joining us this week, we have a very special guest in Total Saints podcast host, Ben Stanfield. We will chat with him about the Wolves' clash, get his thoughts and predictions for next Friday's visit of Leicester, and we're going to test his knowledge in the MATLAB quiz. We also have the usual news, including the Moscow Mushes international roundup, and the usual tomfoolery. Uh, Actually, including Goal and Player of the Month for September. A little bit late, but sorry about that. Um, So make sure you stick around for the extra time segment for that one. But first, let me bring in the co-host, the Moscow Mish Kevin Milberton. All right, Kev, how have you been?
2: Um, yeah, well, I've been, been a long couple of weeks. Um, I've been fairly busy with work, but also been utilising that free time to watch all of the various internationals. So all I've with all seen. The, so I've seen. <laughs> yeah, all well, the loyalties in the household means that there's quite a few matches uh, of, of varying importance. But yeah, um, other than that, I had I came down with a, an awful stomach bug a few days ago that kept me. Uh, House band, shall we say? Um, and yeah, yesterday, uh, aside from watching the Saints match, um, I see that the Brexit debates have been moved for TV on uh, Saturday. So uh, yeah, I've tuned into that. See what's going on there. How about you?
1: Um, yeah, a busy, busy week. I mean, as you know, stuff that I've been—I I've been, don't really want to discuss that. I don't want to bore people with it. But yeah. Busy day as well. Like this morning, I mentioned to you off of air, Kev, I had a bit of a, my cat brought in a rat this morning. And uh, me and Gemma <laughs> were like chasing a, it around, just trying to like get Tom it. Like a commentary cartoon. It was, oh, it was, it was, it was like something from a carry-on movie. It was, it was, <laughs> it was ridiculous. Um, we spent about three and a half, four hours trying to get this rat. It, it ran, it ran, and it was in our living room. We had to move the sofa out. We had pans trying to catch the thing. Um it got underneath our stairs, we had to move all the shoes out and all the games for the kids and then yeah, we find it. I mean it went into the wall as well and we just thought, Oh gotta believe it And then as we sat down for lunch, we see it scurrying across the living room floor, so it's like oh ah! So we need to get it again. Um we did catch it in the end and got it
2: out, but yeah. Um Isn't that what your cats are supposed to be
1: fine. Yeah, me? both of the cats were just sat in the sun just bathing. Um <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, uh, just
2: laughing at you. Yes, yeah,
1: pretty much. So I brought it in, you get rid of it, but so yeah. But yeah, it's all sorted now. But yeah, quite a stressful morning, and, it, and kind of like my preparation for this sh- this show was a bit a bit slow because of it. But it's all sorted now. Um, right. Anyway, let's bring in Ben from Total Saints podcast. Ben, how are you?
0: not too bad really i was just listening to your uh, endeavors there i've got two children it sounds rough, roughly the same sort of chasing yeah. them around the house and trying to <laughs> find them in various cubby holes and that sort of thing yeah. but uh yeah lo- lovely to be on and uh obviously nice to have something moderately positive to talk about
1: that, that, that is true that's very true yeah it's good to actually watch a game and actually think well you know we we did all right we got something out of this but it's not like completely completely lost but, but yeah thanks for coming it's a pleasure for um for both of us um first thing i want to say actually do you enjoy the international break are you a fan of it um <laughs> i think as a saints
0: fan these days you tend to enjoy them because we're generally doing pretty poorly and it's like a, a couple of weeks without having to worry about all the stress and the strain and uh, i think for uh, for me as i say it's um you know because i've got the kids these days i the last couple of new year's resolutions i've, I've constantly told myself not to let the saints results get in the way of being a dad and get me down too much and that sort of thing so actually i have to be honest Ray, it's nice to uh, to sort of have a couple of weeks without doing it. And, and the podcasting as well i mean you, you guys will know it does take a lot of uh, time and obviously we do it because we enjoy it but the editing the prep uh, preparation for all those sort of things does mean that it's nice to have a, a couple of weeks off because i um, you know i don't tend to even during the international break because people are you know steve for example that's on the pod travels and follows england a lot so he's generally not around anyway but uh, yeah i mean it's uh, you know, back to reality, isn't it? And obviously, a long run to Christmas now.
1: That's it. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you on like, the editing side of it. I mean, I do love doing the podcast, but when there's an international break, I do think, yes, no more recording this week. I think, it's <laughs> only, I think it's only Matt Markstein that records, you know, yeah. for the season. So he's
0: he's a very committed man, Matt. Yeah, Matt, he isn't he? he? Is so, yeah, fair play best. to him. Yeah, yeah.
1: Super.
2: This is ITN, In That Number News.
1: Okay, so ITN News. Um, I'm going to start off with the departure of Director of Football Operations, Ross Wilson. Um, The club, quite relaxed about the situation. They're saying it's the ideal time to change, restructure, and an opportunity to return to bigger and better times. Uh, Ben, do you see it like that, or do you feel it's one step forward, two steps back?
0: It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because he's obviously been at the club for... Not that long. I mean, we're talking about a handful of years, aren't we? And during that time, I think some of the transfers have been hits. The majority have been misses, but I'm not necessarily sure that it's all been down to to Ross Wilson, I think. Um, A lot of it, obviously, he's been part of the Les Reed era, which I think has um, notoriously been quite poor in terms of signings. But from from what I know, and, and again, you know, not sort of saying that anyone in particular has told me this, I think they were... Not necessarily against trying to replace him in that role and I think the opportunity came along where Rangers were obviously going to um, go for him, move him on and, uh, and and probably give them a chance now to find the right person to come in and uh, take on the role that they want over the next few years. I, I guess all of us are slightly um, wary about whether they will just go with a, a typical Saints cheap way approach of promoting someone internally or whether they will actually go out and find someone, um, you know, Paul Mitchell will undoubtedly be linked, um, you know, I'm sure he's been linked numerous times already, I think, you know, my view would be, I'm not sure that that's the right way to go, you know, we've been there, we've done that, so it probably does need someone that's got some fresh ideas, but as I say, I think the, the way that the club have portrayed it and the way that it's been sold to us as fans is that this was a good move for everyone, Ross Wilson's obviously Scottish, you know, he's, he's worked up here, I stay up here, of course, I live in Scotland, so he's worked yeah. up here for many years and, uh, you know, before he went down to Huddersfield and Watford and places like that, so, only time will tell, won't it? I think um, it'll be interesting to see what route they take now, who's making the decisions on that, whether it's Gao, whether it's Martin Simmons, etc. But it does leave a bit of a void that's going to need to be replaced.
2: Um, well, I mean, he is just the last of the old guard, really. So, I mean, mm. um, Gao's come in and now. We've got a completely new board, and, and he was just, just the last one, as you say, from from that Les Reed era. So, yeah, he should give us a, a clean break, but I, I have no idea who we're going to get in. Um, I yeah, I'm I'm doubtful that it is going to be Mitchell coming in, but yeah. do,
1: do you think it's gonna be a a quick do you think it's gonna be a quick appointment? Or do you think it's gonna be
2: drawn out for a while? Um I don't know. I mean we never do know, do we? I mean, um when Hasn't said that the replacement for Danny Roll, um uh, that, that they're they gonna be.
1: The rush. club played that down a lot as well, didn't they? Yeah. This is my only concern with it. They seemed to play it down, but then they did um employs someone fairly, fairly quickly, quicker than I yeah, thought they were going quick. to. So, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if it's the same situation here. I mean, I guess as the club, they have to play situations down like that for us.
2: We should definitely get someone in before the January transfer window. Anyway. Oh yeah, that's that's important. Yeah, I think that's the thing
0: I'd, I'd add is you know football clubs. There's always two sides to a story. Um, you know, you think of when Nicola Cortese left, all we ever heard was his view on why he left and things like that. You know, I'm sure there would have been confidentiality clauses that meant the football club couldn't say anything about that situation. I'm sure it would be the same for whatever re- reasons with Danny Ra Ross Wilson. You know, none of us know what goes on behind the scenes and whether Hazen Houtel liked Ross Wilson, whether he didn't like him, etc., etc. So I'm sure one day someone will write a book on it, but as you say at the moment, a lot of it is you have to just go with back in the club, it's, yep. it's happened, you know, we just need to move forward and see what happens and one door closes and another opens, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah.
2: That's a good night to end that segment on. Yeah, um, yeah no, no real other news um, apart from Moussa Gineppo being given Premier League Goal of the Month. Uh, whether he gets our ITN Goal of the Month <laughs> uh, Golden Trophy, you'll have to wait until the end of podcasts. So. I'm sure that's the one he's waiting for, Kev. Yeah, that's the important.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <one>, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just sat there rocking, waiting for us. Yeah. Um, before,
1: before you jump into your international thing, I just want to ask Ben if he's heard oh. any um, injury news on Genapo. His hit hip muscle injury. Can't shoot, apparently. Yes, it's a weird one,
0: isn't it? I mean, it's because um, obviously he, was, he came in at the start of the season, and then he was injured very briefly, wasn't he? I think uh, I forget where it was. Was it Fulham away or somewhere like that? I can't remember. Yeah, but was he, he was then out. He was then out. He was then out for a week or two, wasn't he? And then came back. Uh, and Hars and obviously made the point of saying that maybe they rushed him back. But again, it's interesting that. You know, if this is a sign in that we've obviously relied so much on, who's won us a couple of games already, of course, at Brighton and Sheffield United and suddenly we're we're without him and yeah, it's all it's all a bit you know, concerning in that do we know if he'll be back for Leicester? Do we know if he'll be back for Christmas? No one really seems to know again. So it is slightly alarming, but I guess, you know, you have to work on the proviso that Hasanui is quite honest in his press um, conferences. I think I saw the other day what was it? Adam Blackmore said that he'd said something like, you know, grass doesn't grow quicker if you try and pull it up out the ground. You have to let it just grow. So um, mm. typical Ralph analogy. But mm. I think you know they're obviously taking their time with him, and a bit like Danny Ings, I suppose. You know, last year they didn't rush him back. They made sure that he was fully fit before he came back. In however desperate our situation was. So no, I don't know more than you guys to be honest. But I think the sooner we can get him back, the better.
2: Yeah, definitely. I definitely could do with him. Yeah. Okay, so the international roundup. Uh, Japan captain Mayashida, he scored the second goal. Uh, it was a nice uh, little poached header in the 29th minute in their 6 0 demolition of Mongolia. I was unaware before. of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely smashed him. Um, and then, yeah, another clean sheet on their trip to Dushanbe, which is uh, in Tajikistan. Uh, yeah, Samurai Blue bashed in three there to stay top of Group F, and yeah, they've let, yet to concede a goal in the qualifiers. Wow. So, yeah, keep it up, you know, maybe try it a bit more for Saint. I try it, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jan Bednarik played the, the whole of Poland's 3-0 away win over Latvia, a Lewandowski hat-trick, getting him over the line there, and he also played the whole 90 minutes of uh, their 2-0 win over Macedonia. Uh, Stuart Armstrong, he couldn't get to top Scotland getting absolutely dipped by Russia at Luzhniki. <laughs> yeah,
1: you like that, you enjoyed that one Kev. I, I just remember really Ben lives d- in Scotland, yeah.
2: Yeah, but I'm not Scottish, <laughs> so I enjoyed it just as much. You <laughs> know, um, the day before the match I was walking to work and I just saw um, a section of the tartan Army walking down the sh- down the street. Um, it wasn't particularly in the centre But yeah, they were all in their kilt And uh, with all the tartan hats and everything
1: Oh yeah, you told me about it, it, it gave
2: me yeah. thumbs up as they went past But yeah but, Oh yeah, Scott in the plane tomorrow um, But yeah, uh, 3-0 down uh, Yeah Armstrong was really well rehearsed 80 second minute introduction from the bench <laughs> uh, Didn't help them uh, As it usually doesn't <laughs> uh, And yeah you watched the Titan Army concede another, and was left out against uh, San Marino, where they they did actually win, didn't they? They
1: did win that one, yeah.
2: Yeah. All right. Um, Hoiberg, he came on in Denmark's home European qualifier against Switzerland when it was nil-nil, and yeah helped him to a, towards a one-nil win. That leaves him tied with Ireland at the top of Group D and guaranteed at least a playoff spot. Um, so yeah, the and the other Danes then celebrated with a 4 0 win over Luxembourg in a friendly. Uh, Sofiane Bouffal, he was left out of Morocco's home friendlies against Libya. Uh, that was a 1 1 draw. And a Lamina free Gabon uh, did beat Morocco 3 2. Mm. might be on something there. Uh, Kevin Danso captained Austria's under 21s to a resounding 3 0 home victory over Turkey before falling to a 5-1 defeat at the hands of England. So, nice one, young Lions. <laughs> and finally, Michael Lovefemi, he came on for Ireland on 21s in a raucous uh, home Euro 2020. He won the qualifier against Italy um, in the 68th minute. And at that point, both teams were down to 10 men. There was a bit of fifty fisticuffs in that match. Yeah. And yeah, Oberwan uh, got his first start in Reykjavik, uh, but he was subbed off in 75th minute with Ireland down 1-0 courtesy of a first half penalty and um, that was enough for Iceland to take the win um, Interestingly in that match uh, Southampton under-23 defender Cameron Ledwich also got his first cap
1: Oh, again, I was uh, unaware of this
2: Yeah, I wasn't either but uh, yeah, there you go so um, Ireland do still t- stay top of Group A and that's the international win
1: Great, thank you Kevin we got it on the end Yes. <laughs> <laughs> In that number! Hi, I'm Matt LaTissier. Thank you for listening to In That Number. Okay, so on to yesterday's game at Molyneux. Uh, Wolves away, yet yeah, 1-1. A goal from Danny Ings and the equaliser from Jimenez from the penalty spot. So, you know, the run of three straight Premier League defeats comes to an end. It's a good point. VAR prominent in the game, but we'll get into that a little bit later on. I'm just going to run through the starting eleven quickly. Um, Gunn keeps his place despite heavy criticism. Uh, three at the back of Vestergaard, Yoshida, and Bednarik. Valerie, Bertrand, Hoiberg, uh James Wood, Prowse, Redmond just behind Danny Ings. Ben, were, were you happy with that eleven? Was there were there any surprises for you?
0: Yeah, it was an interesting one, wasn't it? Because I um I did a bit of uh, writing for the local. Birmingham people last week, the Express and Star, and I uh, predicted a very different team based on the fact that I was well aware of how frustrated Hasenhutl was after the Chelsea game, Uh, and it almost made it sound like he was going to sort of ring the changes and give three or four others a a bit of a run-out. So yeah, I was surprised when I saw the team because you kind of thought, oh, here we go, same same team, same old story. Mm -hmm. Uh, But but look, I mean, obviously we'll talk about some of the the moments in the game, um, but they seem to sort of jail fairly well and, and put in a performance. Um I think the only position that I probably would have changed, and as you said their race's been under a bit of criticism is that for me, Alex McCarthy would have warranted a start, probably in goal. Um, but but then again, Gunn didn't necessarily do anything wrong yesterday, so Hazenhoedel's probably back to up in uh, the decision that he's made there. But yeah, it's, it's an interesting one because we are, you know, we d- we do have quite a small squad. You know, there's been a lot of chat the last six, eight, you know, six to twelve months around how many players we have on our senior squad. But he only ever seems to be picking the same sort of yeah. sixteen, eighteen players, eighteen players. So for me, you know, we are sort of using the same group of players, but we're not necessarily. Sticking with the same team every single week So hopefully now there might be some consist, uh, consistency at the back You know, we do still look very shaky defensively But in terms of the line-up itself I was surprised Because I thought he would probably ring a few more changes But I guess with players like Gineppa and Cedric still out It does limit what he's got to work with
1: Yeah, Kev, do you echo that? I mean, Vestergaard was was back in the team um, Would you have started yeah. Would you started Vestergaard? Would you have maybe given Danzo a go? How would you say? I don't it? know
2: I mean, he does seem to like... Um, giving players a lot of chances, doesn't he? Um, I do like Vestergaard, um, but, yeah, we all know that he can have a very bad game when he does have a bad game. Um, but, yeah, yeah with Dan's... He was good yesterday, I thought. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. No? <laughs> um, well, no, I mean, yeah. when you,
1: I mean, I still get a little bit uncomfortable, but not, I've always been like that with Vestergaard, but I don't think he was terrible.
2: Uh, no, no, it definitely wasn't one of his blinders. Uh but yeah, no, I don't I don't know about you guys, but I'm I always feel a bit more um confident and a little less uneasy when, when we do have three at the back. Because um there there isn't a, a back two that I think that you could play week in, week out and uh have some have some faith in. So Best Guards is part of the three with Yoshi and right? Yeah, that could work. But yeah, I'm a bit confused as if dance those why he's on the bench doesn't seem to want to test him at all
1: well the only times he's tested to them is when he's been covering it um, at left back and I don't think he can play that I think that's clear that he can't um, mm. but yeah I was, I'm just. it would have been nice to see him start at the back um, I was expecting him to if I'm honest but you know. but even
0: then he ended up at didn't he end up at right back by the time he come on and again you know, yeah. that's not a position he's played so I don't really know. Mm-hmm. I just, I just don't know what we're doing with the guy, to be honest. In terms of, Ralph's obviously brought him in. You know, he's, he's a young lad trying to make his way in the Premier League. He's got what three or four games under his belt, and we've so far we've not even played him in his yeah, natural m- position. Miss- you miss- know, yeah. exactly. So, I mean, you know, yes, he's plugging a gap, but I just don't understand what we're doing with him really, because it does, it does seem strange that we're just chucking him here, there, and everywhere, apart from where he should be playing.
1: Yeah, this is the, this is my point of like, well, he's fit. We've got, a, you know, we've got the three at the back. Why not give him a give him a run?
0: Mm-hmm. But Agreed.
1: You know, who knows? Um, okay, do you want to um, go into the game then, um, Kev? Do you want to make a start on the
2: game? We didn't really start particularly well, I don't think. It's quite, um, it's
1: quite different to what we normally. We normally start pretty, pretty good. And the, the press is always, you know, evident straight away.
2: But yeah, um, they, they had a few shots of um, yeah, M- 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 Martino and uh, Kachanov there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah other than that Ings shot in the first sort of 20 minutes we didn't really have much to offer um, then uh, Bennett came off injured and uh, Vallejo came on yeah, well and <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> yeah, um, yeah they didn't seem as solid at the back and we managed to press them and take advantage of that for the first half but um yeah nothing nothing really to show for it at all.
1: no, and then the the big incident, um, Ben, I want you which one <laughs> the, fir- the first one um, the the twenty eight minutes the the handball, the disallowed goal, um, VAR. I saw your tweet this morning, Ben. Um, mm. I completely agree with what you said on that um, what you said about the officials being in it. Um, everything with human interaction is largely a farce. so basically what you saying is like, like offside decisions are as clear as they can be, but whenever the officials need to make a decision, you know, it's subjective and it still continues to be an issue.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so, so my point, Ray, is that VAR itself is getting a lot of criticism from all of us. VAR doesn't work, it's rubbish, you know, blah, blah, blah. My point was, actually, VAR is working, as we saw for the second disallowed goal yesterday yeah. when the linesman didn't give offside but technology quite rightly said that he is just offside my point is that var is not working when humans are interacting with it Absolutely, so as soon yeah. as so as soon as someone is sat in Stockley park park looking at the screen that is when var is not working because that person is either not wanting to undermine the referees on pitch decision or no one is 100 percent in agreement on what clear and obvious is so you know prime example yesterday and we'll get on to it i mean The more I see it, the more that I don't think Wolves was a penalty. You know, he's kicked the back of Voivos' leg and then he's gone down. And yes, we'll come to it. Kevin De Bruyne did exactly the same thing in in the game later on in the day. The referee did not give a penalty. Therefore, VAR did not overturn it because, of course, they weren't a a clear and obvious... um, yeah. example. But the fact is, you've got two situations there, exactly the same. They've both gone to VAR, and between them, they've made two different decisions. One penalty has remained, and one penalty hasn't been given. And that is my issue with VAR, and in inverted commas, is that, unfortunately, our, our, our officials for the last couple of seasons just haven't been good enough, and now we've chucked technology in front of them to try and help them, and all it seems to be doing is making the look even worse.
1: That's, that's I mean,
2: it's not the video that's the referee. I mean, the technology's there, but it's still controlled by humans, and you can't I mean, it does solve um, offsides there and then.
1: If it's clear, uh, obvious,
2: yeah. clear and obvious, yeah.
0: Clear and to be obvious. fair to the linesman, the first goal that was disallowed, he put his flag up to say it, it's handball. So it went to VAR the and they were like, not, it's not a clear and obvious error. If he thinks he's handballed it, that's fine. So to be fair... That was one that went to VAR, but at least the official had actually made a decision by flagging to say. Absolutely,
1: that yeah. And the second one about it being a. The Jimenez the offside, the flag did not go up, I believe.
0: Correct, correct, yeah. So, so for me, that's where. VAR does work because the linesman didn't give it, therefore it's gone back and VAR has got its rulers out and it's gone like he's one inch offside or whatever he was, but it's offside and there was a lot of chat after the game as there always was, you know, VAR controversy and all that sort of thing, save Southampton or Wolves, you know, Wolves um, don't get the rub of VAR, he's offside. Yeah. Long and short he's offside. So, so for me, both those decisions, both those dis- disallowed goals, 100% correct Absolutely. for different reasons.
1: Yeah. I completely, I completely
2: see that. Yeah, it's not going to take the subjectivity out of the game line. It's impossible. True,
1: and I, and I
0: think, but that, but that's possibly the beauty of it, isn't it? It's going to give all of us something to chat about. But I think that the the, the fact is, Kev, you know, the criticism needs to be on our officials who are not good enough, um, and PGMOL and people like that are not doing enough to get better officials into the Premier League. So it doesn't matter if they're running around on the pitch with a whistle or if they're sat in a studio in Stockley Park. For me, I, I mean, I would probably say other than Michael Oliver. I don't think there's one decent Premier League who, referee who's consistently good. Um, and even he has his moments, but, you know, he's only human at the end of the day. But I think, as I say, that is the beauty of it, is that VAR itself does work. We need to get better at how we are using it as humans.
1: And, um, and to go further onto that, like goal-line technology, um, it's no. not being made. I mean, it's clear, isn't it? It's not being made by a human. It's, it's a, a sensor, in effect, that comes on his watch, clear and obvious. We don't have to make that decision. It's done.
0: Exactly and that was the other thing I tweeted just to sort of back up as you say was you know goal line technology has worked ever since it came you know, a bit like uh, Hawkeye in cricket because up until the fact that the referee's watch vibrates or flashes or whatever it does to tell him it's a goal there is no human involvement so you think of the Tammy Abraham goal the other day against Saints it just yes. crossed the line but it crossed the line no qualms with that
1: yes. technology
0: has gone to the referee to say it's over the line it is only at that point that the referee gets involved and all he has to do is ward a goal so it's very minimal human interaction
1: Absolutely yeah Um, so those two decisions, yeah, like, like we said, we've touched on it, the handball, VR was right to disallow it, and Jimenez clearly offside. Fine, no problems. Um, Danny Ings, open the scoring. Connor Cody. Um, <laughs> it's just funny, Kev, because we, um, we had a guest on a couple of weeks ago now, wasn't <coughs> um, Dave Azapardi from Talking Wolves, and we were talking about which Wolves player we'd like to have in our team we both said Connor Cody. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah he, really <laughs> there, he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he showed his faint there, didn't he?
1: Yeah, he showed his and qualities there. But, yeah, um, <laughs> poor, poor defensive. I mean, the, the, I can't remember which Wolves player it was who hoofed the ball out.
2: That was the same for wasn't it? Uh, I was go. just going to say it was <laughs> one that <laughs> Kevin ran so well, yeah. <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm glad you stepped in there, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he saved the ball out uh, uh, we've got a head onto it and it's gone straight to Cody, I don't know what he was doing, he stepped forward, I, don't, I have no idea. But Danny Ings, you know, he's, he's always there. Um, and bangs it in, so that's four games in a row. It's the first time in his career he's done that. That was, that was a bit of a surprise, I didn't realise.
2: Yeah, he doesn't have much to feed on, but um, <laughs> he's just been <laughs> just banging them in consistently.
1: Right, OK. So, Ben, the Hoiberg challenge.
0: Yeah, i put my cards on the table already, haven't I? Yeah, <laughs> <So it's good>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, look, I, I've seen some Saints fans say they think it was a penalty. Fair enough, you know. I, I mean, I, I try not to be blinkered and biased by, you, you know, when I sort of give my views on these things. I mean, for me, for example, Bournemouth should have had a penalty in the second half at St Mary's when it wasn't given via VAR when Cedric brought King down. So I do sort of try to be open and and honest and transparent and look at it from both sides of the fence. But for me, as I said, he's done exactly the same as Kevin De Bruyne did, that he, he knows there's Saints players around him. He's got to a position where, and probably the frustration for me as a Saints fan is we've let him run that far with the ball, you know, 10, 15 yards into the box. But, for me, he's kicked the back of Hoiberg's leg and then he's fallen over and the referee's obviously bought it. VAR, as I say, has not seen it as a clear and obvious mistake, but for me, and you know, I agree with well, Martin Keown was criticising it, Charlie Nicholas was criticising it, I don't think it's a penalty and I, I, you know, I'm, I'm surprised to see a few Saints fans saying they thought it was, but it was the wrong decision in my view and you know, I thought Saints were unlucky with that one.
1: I'm, I'm going to be honest, I thought on first look that it was. Um. But then when I've seen it again, I thought no, it's very very soft. But then you do see those given anyway, and I like it. I mean, I've heard after seeing it multiple times, I thought no way, he's he's felt that. He's and I hate it when pundits yes. always stand up and say, oh, he's, you know, he's got the right to go down in that situation if he's felt the contact. Really? I hate it. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think I think it was. I want to say it's Phil Neville that was on Match of the Day. I think it was that agreed it was a penalty. Mm. Um, but as I say, after seeing it again, I do not think it was a penalty.
2: Well, I mean, there are a lot of legs going in there. You see, does a stamp and, yeah, know, Ho- uh, Hoiberg gets them. But, I'd, yeah, I, I think you must understand that if he does fall down at that point, then it's pretty much certainly going to be Chances are we be given exactly, exactly yeah. yeah.
1: Hmm. But, um, what, did you think it was a penalty, Kevin?
2: I, I, I didn't. And, um, when I was watching it back uh, with the missus she was like, well, that's not a penalty, off. <laughs> <laughs> Good girl. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't think it was a penalty, um, but I, you know, I mean, I, I kind of saw it coming, and I thought okay, you know, there's enough legs in there that he's going to trip over, the, but he, yeah, he didn't, so yeah, no penalty. Yeah, I thought I had done hard
1: Yeah, true. Um, and then, I think the only real chance of, that we had after that was the James Ward-Prowse um, three-kick effort. Yeah, very good save. Um, ben, I, um, I don't want to sound really, really negative after a good point, but what are your, what are your feelings towards James ward this season?
2: <laughs> <laughs> what is James Ward-Prowse?
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I'm li- he kicked on really well second half of last season, didn't he? And he was, he was undoubtedly mm. in the running for, for sort of player this season just because of that, that run he had. But for whatever reason, um, you know, he hasn't delivered this year. Um, and, I, and I think again he is someone that I would see as being under pressure for his spot you've got players waiting in the wings like uh, Stuart Armstrong that will want to come in and, and have a point Buffel will obviously be wanting to get into the side potentially can play similar position Gianepo will be back soon as well so I think there will become more and more pressure you know for me we can't just have someone on the, the pitch to take set pieces to take corners and to take free kicks you know they need to be offering more but I mean, I mean, again, he's someone that's paid What I mean, what's he paid now? 250 games for Saints, something yeah. like that. You know, we always sort of think, oh, this is his moment. He's going to kick on. This is it. He's going to get back in the England squad. And at the end of last season, we kind of felt that. But for whatever reason, he's just not got going this season. And, and as I say, I don't really. And I, I you know, again, I try to be fair to all players and not throw my toys out the pram. But I just, at the moment, I do not see what he is offering that team.
1: Yeah, it's sad. I mean, I agree. I mean, I think Hoyberg's having a bit of a bad run at the moment as well. I don't think he had a great yeah. game yesterday. I think the only only like central midfielder that is, is having a good one is, is Romeo. And yesterday, I don't think he was at his best. Um, but for me, I, I just, yeah, I think James Ward-Prowse could do with a little bit of a rest, bringing somebody else in. And I'll, I'd love to do Armstrong. I'd love to see him get his again. James
2: Ward-Prowse has been shifted um, all over the pitch. I mean, just like a lot of other players. I mean, I, I can't how many positions he's played. Centre um, mid, holding midfield. he's, in made, he's played right, right wing, wing back. back as well. Yeah. yeah so, um, uh, c- can they find a position for him and keep him in that same place every week?
1: But for me, it just in seems like they're trying to fit him into a, a system rather than finding a system that fits him. It's just, and it's not going to work like that. Right. Um, but yeah, I think you could do with with having a, a you know a week or two on the sidelines. But hey, um, so they finished one one. That's a good point, big point. Um, the stats, like we had 44% possession, but 14 attempts to their four, um, and five on target for their one, that was, a, that was a bit surprising, really, if I'm honest.
2: Yeah, I mean, I suppose a lot of those um, nine off-target shots are going to be Redmond. Uh <laughs> 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 yeah. uh, that, that's, that's incredible, really, isn't it? As we, it didn't look that on on the day. I think
0: that's the good thing, though, isn't it? We, I mean, we are creating chances. I, I still think we look very one-dimensional up front. I mean, you said there, Kev, about Danny scoring five goals. I mean, that's almost worth 25 goals in this team because they just do not create that many chances. But I think that, that's that's the one thing. And, you know, for me, if we can get defence, I mean... It may take until January It may take until next summer To actually get some Decent defenders in And you know You don't obviously Touch wood You hope you still be In the Premier League By then But you don't know But if we can get Defence shored up And get a couple Of decent defenders in Then the momentum Will go throughout the team And you will hold on To games like that To win 1-0 And I mean Our away form's been fine Um, It was that 7 points Out of 15 I think 2 wins and a draw Out of 5 games on the road We're doing fine on the road But it's, it's some areas That we need to sort out But I think it's just you, you know as you guys said there. For me, it epitomises that I think there's too many players across that team that are just not clicking and that just don't seem to be having a good season, and that's why we are fourth and bottom.
1: So with that, do you think that was a fair result yesterday?
0: Yeah, I, I, I mean it's you know I, I predicted us to get stuffed after them winning at City and us being really. Yeah, I mean I I, I predict us to get stuffed most most weeks as you, as your <laughs> listeners will probably know yeah. if they listen as well, but. um you know, I, I think all of us would have taken a point at Molyneux before. I mean, they just beat Man City away. We've obviously been struggling, as you said earlier, lost three in a row, so I think it's a good point, and having had a couple of weeks to work on things on the training ground, at least they've come away with something that hopefully will give them a bit more confidence heading into a, a tough uh, couple of games now against Leicester and City.
1: Yeah. Um, a man of the match for you? For me? Yeah. Um, I I would probably
0: go with Ings for his goal. I thought, you know, he worked hard again, as he always does. He makes some great runs up the channels, which don't always get noticed, but... You know, It wasn't a great, fantastic Saints performance, so it's hard to pick anyone out. I mean, you're talking 7 out of 10s, probably at best anyway, but for mm-hmm. his goal and his all
2: round play, Ray, I'll probably go with him. Uh, and you, Kev? Um, my man of the match? Yes. VAR, of course. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, It's, it's going to be a, a toss up for me between. I mean, we just uh, talked up uh Ings there. Uh, that yeah, I, he's just our, our saviour at the moment. He's he's feeding off of nothing and still creating incredible chances. But um I do think a shout out does sure should go to Jan Valery Because um, mm. yeah. With uh, Cedric out, I mean yeah, he didn't look the best and uh, and against against Chelsea, uh yeah, I didn't rate him at all, but I, I thought he was very good very good yesterday. Um, and I was l- nervous about him on on the right there, up against uh, Johnny, who caused us a lot of problems last season. Um, but no, he, he managed to deal with it, and um, yeah, he was getting 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 forward and, and getting getting balls into the box. So yeah, I just ho- hope he uh, carries on and improves. Um, Sorry, I've talked myself into it. I'm going to give it to Valerie Nice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. um, for me, I'm going to have to go with Danny Ings. I just think his link-up play was was good. Um, he poaches on the mistakes, doesn't he? Um, he, does, he does do a great job, like um, Ben said. He does do a great job running in between um, defenders, especially yesterday. Uh, the Wolves had a back three as well, didn't they? So, yeah, running in between them, I thought he was good. Um, and, of course, the goal. So, yeah, for me, Danny
2: Ings. That's a fair result, and the point does uh, keep the Wolves from the door.
1: <laughs> um, so, yeah, so 17th, 17th in the league. Eight points, just two goals better off than Newcastle. Um, with some, as Ben says, some important games coming up, um, and on to that one. So Leicester next Friday night um, home game good start for Leicester. Um, lots of people actually have added Leicester to their top picks this season. I wasn't one of them though. But um, they've done some good business. Uh, Perez, Tillman's main deals. Harry Maguire out, but they, you know still in a very healthy position in terms of their the position and financially. Um, Yes, they started very well. Five wins now from nine, two draws, two losses. Third in the league. Vardy banging them in. Six goals in all competitions. And let, I mean, let's face it, they were unlucky not to get anything against against Liverpool a couple of weeks ago, um, and perhaps a little bit fortunate against Burnley yesterday with that VAR decision on Johnny Evans. But Yes, yeah, so Ben, where do you where do you see this game next week?
0: Well, I was fairly confident before uh, all of that, Ray, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, it's um, it's right uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's good, no, it's going to be a tough game. I mean, I, I certainly wasn't feeling overly confident. Um, I think they're a good side, aren't they? And he's got them playing well. I think they are a good counter-attacking side, particularly away from home. So it'll be interesting to see whether the Saints sort of sit back and frustrate and let them have the ball a bit further up the pitch or whether we decide, right, we're going to turn this St. Mary's voodoo around and attack them. But I think that will leave us a little bit uh, vulnerable uh, at the back. But, yeah, I mean, they, they've brought some good players in. Um, as you said, Tillman's Perez loves a goal against us, doesn't he? He scored that hat-trick at yeah, the end yeah, of last season. Did, yeah. But uh, um, but I do, I do think, you know, I don't think that they're great defensively. I mean, uh, you know, in terms of centre-backs, I think Johnny Evans and... Uh, Kev, I have to pronounce the foreign guy's name that plays against him. But uh, you know, I don't think they are great back there. But you know, they're having a good season, and I think, as you say, I mean, I, I actually, when I, I did a piece of them at the start of the season, sort of saw them as the team that I felt could break into the top six this season. Of course, you know, early days at the moment, but uh, it does look like they are probably the closest challenge to any of the big boys getting into the top six. But there is a long way to go.
1: And Kev, are you going to have a stab at that Turkish centre back? not <laughs> <It's> you. <the future. laughs> hey, what <well done. laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> Kev, where do, you, where do you see this, this game?
2: Um, yeah, I'm not massively confident about this one either. <laughs> um, yeah, Leicester are, are a machine, uh, kind of like a mini Liverpool that can just um, turn wow, it around. It is Brendan
1: kind of Rodgers, isn't
2: it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, we, we all know how that ended. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm yeah, not massively confident um, against Jamie Vardy, our defence However many men we put there. Um, <laughs> yes,
1: yeah, that counter attack isn't, it? and that speed that Vardy's got is. We we are going to have to play a flat back five, I think. I don't I don't know. <laughs> 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 yeah,
2: um, I, yeah. I think we're just going to be sliced open. Um, and St. Mary's again, we still haven't found home form. I don't know how many seasons we've been talking about it, but um, maybe one day it will come and we'll be good at home. Um, yeah, we're, already,
0: we're, already, we're already bottom of the form table for home form the season, aren't we, at the whole Premier League, so that oh, tells right. the story. Yeah. Yeah. OK,
1: so who's going to get us started with predictions? 2-1. Saints? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> as you know, I've got that written down as well, Kevin. Um, yeah. I
2: don't, I don't think no. we're going
1: to get even a point against them. I think it's going to be a 2-1. Well, because you've said 2-1, I'm going to go 3-1 then. Just to be a little bit different and try and, you know, gain some ground on you in our predictions league. (laughs) So, yeah, I will go 3-1 Leicester.
2: All right. Is Ben going to out-pessimist you? (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Genuinely, I had 2-1
0: as well, and that's what I'll be predicting in my podcast this week. But bearing in mind, you've gone 3-1, Kev's got 2-1. I'll go for 2-0 Leicester then.
1: Hey, OK. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) OK, on to the ITN quiz, or Matla quiz, as it is. Um, Ben, how are you feeling about this?
0: Yeah, pretty nervous actually. Ray. I've,
1: uh <laughs> as I said, I've followed Saints thirty
0: years now. I'm, I'm worried that I'm going to make a fool of myself and look like I don't remember anything about anything that's ever happened.
1: <laughs> I'm sure that's not going to be the case. <laughs> um, Kevin, how are we? How are we playing this? Do you want to go? I, I will be asking you this every week. Do you want me to go odds and you go evens?
2: Um uh, toss the coin then. Uh,
1: you go evens. That's how we normally start, isn't it? Yeah, you normally right. do, you normally do the um the club, the player club link thing. Okay. So I'll. I'll go first, then. Okay, question number one. In the 1993-94 season, what shirt number did Francis Benali wear? Was it 3, 11, 15?
2: Oh, that's
0: a hard question. I think it was 15.
1: It wasn't. It was 11 in that season. It was 15 wow. from thereafter. There you go. That was the hardest one.
2: <laughs> oh, that's all right, then. <laughs> so, Okay, Um. No, uh, nice easy one for you. Uh, so, yeah, who took over from Alan Pardew as manager in 2010?
0: Nigel Atkins. Well done.
1: Yeah, Let's go for it. Um. Okay, question three, last season, Mohamed Elianusi joined from which club?
2: That was Basel in Switzerland.
1: Well done. Two points.
2: Good. Um, okay, so, yeah, I name the clubs, you name the player, I uh, feel free to button in at any point, because this is going to go on for quite a while. <laughs> He's been <Stop>. <laughs> <laughs> Spurs... Queens Park Rangers, Pompey, Aston Villa, Norwich Online, Saints, Liverpool, Peter Crouch, Pompey okay. again, Pompey
1: again. There's <laughs> a Stoke. There. And, the, uh,
2: and And uh, now podcasts.
1: Oh, uh, now he's doing car and warehouse adverts. I think. <laughs> <laughs> right. So oh, of course that. you won't see that, will you, Kev?
2: <laughs> Switchery.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Find <laughs> Um. How many is that now? That's three, isn't it? Easily losing count. Yeah.
2: yeah, Okay. So,
1: so who am I? So, I'm going to read out the first clue. If you think you know it, then it was worth three points. But if you want to wait for the second clue for two points, then, yeah, I would do that. Okay, (laughs) right. Um, Who am I for three points? Born in Lancaster in 1978, a gifted swimmer, rated second in the country at the 100 meter freestyle, but favoured football after damaging the cartilage tissue in his shoulder.
2: I have neither. OK.
1: Clue right to.
2: For two Second points. For two points. He joined Blackburn Road versus a trainee in 1995 and made his first team debut in October 1996. He made seven first team appearances before signing up for Southampton in 1998, becoming their Player of the Year for 1998-99.
0: How many points come on at the moment, Ray? Really? on...
2: Three. Right,
0: yeah. OK. Uh uh, right, I'm going to take a punt then. I'm going to go with James Beattie.
1: Well done! Yay. 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 Well done. Yay. Woo. So yeah, he represent, represented so seven over 200 games, netting 70 goals, and was given five England caps whilst playing for Saints.
0: There you His go. fine
1: form in 2002-2003 was a key component in reaching the FA Cup final in 2003. He left Saints for Everton in 2005 for £6 million, went to play for Sheffield United, Stoke Rangers, Accrington Stanley, and is currently a first-team coach at Birmingham. I think he's still yeah. this, isn't he? Er...
0: Uh, Oh, no, I think he left with Gary Monk, didn't he? I'm not sure oh. if he's... Because uh, Gary Monk's obviously at Sheffield Wednesday now, but I may yeah. be wrong, but there we go. Oh, yeah. OK. But yeah, cool. well done. I'll sweat your palms after that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so that was five points. Well done, that's really good. The
2: Benali one was tricky.
1: Yeah, that <laughs> was a tricky one. I did say to you before we went on, didn't I <laughs> care? <once> I thought <laughs> that one's
2: going to be a tough one. But yeah. That was just, that that was just a, a wild guess for me. Mm. Oh, OK. Um, well, you go first this time. Go on. Yeah? OK, <laughs> yeah.
1: Ben, would you rather wear a Pompey shirt every day for five years or sleep in a haunted house for ten?
0: Oh, easy decision. I'd never want to wear a Pompey shirt. So, the haunted house for ten years, totally.
2: Okay. Okay, what if uh, we say the same thing that we said to our other guests and uh, um, the haunted house is haunted by ghosts of uh, former Pompey players and uh, that (laughs) cock with the bell.
0: Yeah, to be fair, Kev, I wouldn't really know many of their ex-players anyway, so I wouldn't even know if they were (laughs) Pompey players or just genuine ghosts. (laughs) Oh, okay. I like I love that, you're play up funky every night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm still taking the horns out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I He's adamant, Kev. He's adamant. Yeah, fair play. Um, all right, second uh, silly question. What uh, would you rather be? Twice the height of Peter Crouch or half the height of Lena Masson?
0: Oh, I, I think. I mean, I'm what? Six foot two anyway, so I do find that. Yeah, so am I. Other than the fact that you get rained on first, uh, it's quite <laughs> advantageous to sort of see over queues and things like that, you know, see how far you've got to go. So I like being tall, so I'd probably want to be uh, double the size.
1: Me too.
2: There you
1: go. Unlucky, Kev. <laughs> All right,
2: yeah. Good luck finding a house that you can walk around. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: okay, last one. I just It's nothing to do with stints. Um I'm just interested. Um, I've asked a few guests lately. Um, Skulls or Gerard?
0: Do you know what? I was always a massive fan of Paul Skulls. For me, I thought he was fantastic player, brilliant technique. Uh, Obviously, as the years have gone on and we've all started disliking Liverpool even more, there's no way I'm gonna say Steven (laughs) Gerrard anyway. But yeah, I mean, for me, genuinely, out of the two of them, it's a bit like the Gerrard Lampard conversation, wasn't it? I mean, Scholes, I just thought was a brilliant player. He made that Manchester United uh, team tick, and uh, yeah, for me, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, Steven Gerrard was an excellent player, but also let's look at the fact that Scholes was a winner. You know, how many Premier League titles did he get? So. Not only was a good player, but he's actually got some uh, so medals and gold. Yeah, some gold to sort of back it up. So yeah, I'd go with skulls.
1: Good one. That's four ones of skulls, Kev.
2: Okay. Do, you,
1: do you know who that Gerard one was?
2: It wasn't me, was it? It was you. Yeah. <laughs> <the only> one <laughs> <laughs> I was just my knee-jerk answer. It's um, yeah,
1: it's because you were trying to piss me off. That's a bit all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
1: I think that's about it this week, ben. Um Yeah, yeah I do so have one you. last oh, okay. question.
2: Then. Um, just, I mean, we we normally ask the, uh, away fans about their favourite um, fan chants, but um, what's your favourite uh, terrorist chant of the last few seasons?
0: Oh, um, other than Matt Letizier, Kev, Ricky Lambert was my Saints hero over the years. So I absolutely loved seeing that he was six foot three and taking us to the Premier League and all those sort of things. So there's been some good chants during that time, but. Even now, talking about it, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking of standing in the Northern singing the Ricky Lambert song. So, uh, yeah, probably least favourite is probably the Wanyama one because that's bordering on slightly sort of uh, delicate issues in this day and age. But, uh, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, I yeah, <laughs> so, um, But, yeah, I think, um, I think uh, yeah, the Ricky Lambert song, um, for me, I just, yeah, when, whenever we had a chance to belt that out, whether it was at Wembley or whether it was a way to Dagnum and Redbridge or whatever, it just, you know, it got everyone going. So I love that
2: one. It hasn't quite been anything um, even to trying to light to it since, I don't
1: think. Oh, come on, Kev, you'll see more chance that you come up with. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I
2: mean, we don't get, we're just never very, very
0: creative, though, are we? It's always like, da da um, Rodriguez, and da Shane Long, and, you know, it's just, I mean, <laughs> I remember Tiff Nadell coming on our pod, and he was going on about the fact that we've just got rubbish songs these days, and I have to agree with him. I mean, there's, for the players that have got songs, there's not much creativity anymore, is there?
2: No. No, I don't. Uh, my my one that always made me laugh was the, the Jose Fonse one. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. That yeah. one was genius. Yeah. But, um thank was you.
0: that Human League originally? Was it that sang that? Was it?
2: Uh, I remember. Yeah, it was. Wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. I said the
1: word on that one.
2: I think it was "Baby, oh. You watched, Baby." Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah it,
1: was it was Human League. Yeah. Was human league. Um. Yeah. Anyway, Ben, thank you. It's been a, it has been a real pleasure. Um, the work that you guys do on Total Sense Podcast is just amazing. Um, I know. Kev, you, you listen every every episode I yeah, don't please. you?
2: not <laughs> I've been a listener since the, yeah, the, the first season so yeah I've really enjoy what it, it,
1: it is it's good for us um, and I, do you know what, I listened to your last one actually I loved your chat about the NFL game at, at the, at the <laughs> stadium uh, how did you play? So, No, it, it was a bloke dressed as a barco who froze one of his bloke things. dressed as a barco yeah yeah
0: exactly <laughs> 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 okay, I, mean, I, 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 I just don't I, I mean again I'm sure there's lots of your listeners around the world that totally understand NFL but it's just I mean I, I know baseball and I know a bit about ice hockey but I've just never understood anything about NHL um, oh, sorry NFL but uh, yeah I mean, just every so often a Blake in a barcode chucks a duster on the floor and grabs everyone's attention. That's pretty much it, isn't it? (laughs) And it takes about five hours to play a one-hour
1: game. Three and a half hours.
0: Yeah, there you language, Yeah,
1: I, lo- I love the NFL, so it did it did make the try. I played actually played that bit for my wife as well, and she was laughing <laughs> because she hates the NFL. Oh will yeah. <laughs> thing with you. And Kev's they good. move
2: about five yards in about ten minutes, so it's much yeah. like Yannick Vestergaard. And then they all start <laughs>
0: smacking each other around the head to say like, "Well done" and all that sort of thing when he's carried the ball like one yard. Yeah, so uh, there we go. Five and two, three, twenty-five,
2: nine. <laughs> it's just really <reasons laughs> not. <laughs>
0: But, but that has been a pleasure, and obviously, um, yeah, I think all of us as a collective Saints podcasting group, it's, uh you know appreciate the hard work that goes in for all of us. So it's nice that uh, you've had me on, and yes, it's almost as nervous being this side of the uh, the hosting desk really, Ray. Really. So uh, yeah, keep up the good work, guys. All right.
1: Thank you very much, Ben. All right, thank you very much. It's been an Absolute pleasure. Cheers, Ben. See you later on. Not Cheers. Bye bye. Welcome back to the Extra Time segment. Um, first off, we want to do the Goal and Play of the Month for September, Kev. Do you have those results?
2: Yes, uh, the results of the jury are in, mm. and this is the moment you've all been waiting for. Uh, goal of the Month, I'll start with uh, the lowest uh, Cedric's goal against Pompey got absolutely fuck-all votes out <laughs> of the 200. It's surprising because it wasn't in sports, Murphy, you know. Yeah, but I mean, there are better candidates. Uh, for instance, red- forth- <laughs> <laughs> for goal against Pompey, uh, which got 8% of the vote. Ings' second goal against Pompey, which got 22% of the vote. And, predictably, yeah, Gineppo uh, smashed it, and his goal, absolute screamer that it was. Uh, and heroic effort against Sheffield United with 70% of the vote. So, that golden trophy is in the post.
1: So, yeah, I mean, goal of the month for the Premier League officially and the ITN goal of the month. What do you think is more important to him, do you think?
2: Um, I think we'll have to get him on the show and find out. Mm, maybe. Okay. Good point. Player of the month? Player of the month. Okay, so again, uh, in ascending order, uh, Redmond with a 2% of the vote. Cedric with 9% of the vote, Gineppo with 29% of the vote, and the winner is, of course, Danny Ings with 60% of the vote, very well deserved. Wow,
1: wow, wow. Excellent. Well done, Danny. And he started, started October very well, also.
2: Yes. Um, and I think he's got almost every man of the match from us for each match for <laughs> the last God knows how long, so yeah.
1: Looks like October's on his way as well, then.
2: Yeah, more than likely. I, I don't see anyone else mm. that's deserving.
1: Okay, so uh predictions. Last week, Kev, you know, something amazing happened.
2: It's never happened before, is it?
1: I don't no, I think it has. Um but me and you both got the the Saints score spot on, so we both had a one one Wolves. Um which meant scored five points each. So that now leaves the scores twenty fifteen to you. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Very, very good. Good stuff. Um Super Six, a little bit of Super Six to catch up on with the international break and all that. But you know we've had um, League One games and League Two games on on the cards. So um, we had round thirteen. The weekly winner was Neil Parsons with thirteen points. I was second, by the way, um, awesome. if you're interested, with with eleven points. Um, but that left Stuart White with the overall lead on 128 points. Uh, round fourteen, the weekly winner was Colin Carter with 15 points. And yesterday's round 15, the winner was Paul Carpenter with 12 points. So that means the overall leader, as it stands, is Stuart White on 135. So yeah, nice. Well done, Stuart.
2: Well done, mate.
1: I am climbing up the table after my poor start. I am getting there.
2: Mm. Um, Can the same be said? (laughs) 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 will.
1: I will say, I'm holding my hands up now. I completely forgot to do my team. So I don't know how many points I scored, but I don't want to look, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm using that now.
2: Right, I mean, you've got no excuse because uh, I didn't actually make any changes to my team. I completely forgot about it. And I still had Timo Puki as captain. Mm. But still, so far, I've managed to score more than twice as much as you, mate. So, right. uh, <laughs> mm. Um Yeah, uh, we'll take a first look at our... Uh, Southampton FC Podcasters League Uh seems we've had Ben on uh, John Bailey as ever, his Deportivo <laughs> Handlebar is at the top with 534 um, he's also predictably top of half, uh in that number league uh, My round from Romeo moves up to second place uh, with 452, so it's quite tight in that mid, me, me you Sorry, me, Matt, Marston, and Ben uh, within, like, three points of each other so that might change by the time the week's out.
1: I'm the strongest one in this group. Am I just, like, holding everybody up?
2: Uh, Um, well, yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Um, Freddie's doing a lot worse than you, though, so... Oh, okay. Uh, sorry, (laughs) Freddie. Um, and for our um... In that number league, uh, as I said, uh, John Bagley's got it all wrapped up, hasn't he? But um, our weekly winner so far is uh, Courtney Louise White with uh, 61 points wow. for her SFC love. Um, yeah, and that's despite being bottom of our league with 314. So, um, Oh, well done. Yeah, carry on like that and um, I'm sure you'll be climbing up. Um, another shout-out for a uh, mover of the Week, uh, Dan Hargraves uh, is... TSBFC. Uh, they're back in the top ten with 41 points, uh, and that puts him on a total of 467. Moving on. <laughs> 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 Moving
1: um, on Where am I this week to end the show? In the living room. I'm not actually. Mm. No, I'm not in the living room. So you lose.
2: lose. Okay. All oh, right. Okay. Sorry, Russian friends. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> so anyway, location. Are you ready for this one?
2: Okay. Uh, north
1: uh, northwest.
2: Northwest. Okay. Uh, oh god, that's like there's so many kings, aren't there? Bolton Wondrous.
1: No. Uh, this okay. might give it away. Population: four hundred and fifty thousand.
2: Oh, blimey. Um, four hundred and fifty thousand. Uh, Manchester's a lot bigger than that, but the city of Manchester's um got a relatively small population. Uh. All right the eyes of the Liverpool teams, couldn't it? Liverpool? It's not. (laughs) (laughs) Ah,
1: Stadium capacity, 39,000. 39,000,
2: it's Everton. It it? is (laughs)
1: Everton! Well done. Nice Mm. one. You got Russian phrase for me this week?
2: I do. So, um, I think it's very appropriate to uh, get after the game that we've had today. Uh, um, The phrase this time is... Video Pavtor. Video Pavtor.
1: Video Pavtor.
2: And that's uh, VAR in Russian. Is that right? Oh,
1: yeah. Video Paftor.
2: Video Pavtor.
1: Pavtor. Oh, okay.
2: There you go. So, yeah, if you, if you um, want to shout that on the stands uh, next time one of my place gets. Uh,
1: Hank Dan <laughs> Excellent um, OK so next week we are joined by Alan Gunn of St Mary's Musings and Manchester City writer, blogger and host of Blue Moon Podcast David Mooney to discuss and preview our double game week at the Etihad um, with ties in the Cup and the League I wonder if they even bother coming home
2: Um just go on the lash
1: Yeah <laughs> But yeah so look forward to that one next week um, and until then Up the Saints
2: Up the Saints